Welcome to the Rural Pastor Podcast with your host, Andy Addis, and special guest, Mark Clifton. We plant the seeds in the ground, though the fields have long been brown. But Lord, when will your harvest come in? I'm giving all I've got to give in the place where I've been sent. But will my labor make much difference in the end? Will no one ever know? Sometimes I feel so all alone. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope. That church on the corner of that forgotten little town To a room of empty peers where his love can still be found You may never know of all the seeds you sow But it just takes one willing soul to make him know And welcome back, all you uh, rural heroes out there. My name is Andy Addis. I'm the volunteer rural strategist of the North American Mission Board Replant Team and pastor a multi-site network of rural churches called Crosspoint. I'm joined today by Mark. Mark, introduce yourself today. Hey, man. It's Mark Clifton from the great state of Kansas out here on the plains where the buffalo roam and all that stuff. Hey, we're having a good time today talking about some good stuff, Andy with our rural pastor friends. Can't wait to dig into what you got to say today. I think it's going to be one of the best episodes we've done. Well, it's an episode. Anyway. Well, it's an so episode. We'll... Yeah, let's not set the bar too high. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. By the way, if uh, for those of you who don't know, our special guest, our co-host here, Mark, it is such a treasure to have him here. You, you are a part of several other podcasts. Uh, the, the, you need to know, I call him special guest, which means he's a volunteer. He does this because he believes in the rural pastor. He believes in the small church. He believes in, and matter of fact, gave it a new name, Normative Church. And so I want to I thank Thank you, Mark, because you do believe in these guys, and you believe in these ministries, and you believe in the purpose of what we're doing here. Yeah, I really do. I really do. I think I think eternity is going to reveal some things that we are very shocked at, that guys who pastor churches of 8, 12, 15 for many years, uh, man, God used that work in a way you would never have imagined. And if you knew right now how he was going to, how he was eventually going to use what you're doing, you'd probably be so proudful you wouldn't be any good to anybody. So, <laughs> so got to keep why. it a secret. That's why it keeps it a secret from you. Keep you humble. <laughs> well, I'm not kidding about that. I've heard not you say it. About that. I believe it. I believe it. And right. so every time I something bad it. happens, I just think, man, God's keeping me humble. Thank you, Mark, for keep that keeping wisdom. Keeping you humble. That's right. <laughs> You're not going to be, hey, God reviews the proud and he he likes the humble. Or there you go. Some, something like that. Yes. He resists the proud. And, We'll take All it. All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're good. You're good. The Rural Pastor Podcast wants to pour into, partner with, and pat on the back you as the rural pastor because what you're doing is so important. And as we do today, we're going to actually handle an issue that for some of you, it's really interesting. The, 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 the thing on the table is this. Multi-site has pandemic advantages. So we're going to talk about the pandemic, but we're going to talk about it in a multi-site construct. And uh, not everybody is a part of that, but I want you to see some of the values uh, of partnership and networking as we as we roll through this and also the pandemic for some of you you're like oh man we're this it's still just the hardest thing others man right. that was that's over <laughs> man we're talking to rural pastors right. some of you like pandemic never made it out here 
you know, we yeah. we, 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 we didn't have to we, do we, that. We reached uh, we reached herd immunity on the second week, and uh, we were over it. No, <laughs> so we have um, all that. Yeah. By the way, hey, I do want to say, yes. I do want to say, Andy, don't turn this podcast off thinking, well, this is about multi-site. Look, right. if your church is struggling, and or, or even if it's not, it, you might be a candidate for multi-site. I'm serious about that. Just don't turn it off thinking this doesn't apply to me, it may very well apply to you. And yeah. don't assume you know what multi-site means either. It may yeah. mean exactly what you need to somebody come along, help you in your church. So you don't want to miss this. So don't just make a quick judgment about it. Uh, this may be far more important than you think, or it may be a 20 minute waste of time, but only time will tell. So, <laughs> well, let me, let me say, you say that, and that's absolutely true. First of all, when you say multi-site today, what are you saying? You're almost saying nothing because there are so many different forms of that. It's, it's too broad. What, what does multi-site mean? We have to define it. And even to the extent that we're going to be talking about today, this partnership and networking, if you're part of a denomination, if you're in an association, then many of these principles are, are similar. It's about the sharing, the corporate structure, uh, being able to not be alone in the middle of all this. So uh, th- thanks for that endorsement. But uh, before we do that, let me ask you, when, when it came to COVID itself, what was the best thing that happened uh, during COVID in your experience? Well, two things. First of all, dying or declining or even just normally sized small churches realized they could pivot much more quicker than they'd ever done before Mm -hmm. because they had to pivot. All right. They had to learn how to do something on social media. They had to learn how to do their Facebook, you know, stream their, their, their services. They, they, many of them for the first time had to go ahead and do online giving. I mean, they, God put them in a position to say, you know, you've been pretty resistant about any kind of change. I'll just show you something. Now you're going to have to make some changes. And so I think, I think a lot of churches realized they could pivot much more quickly when they really had to do it and they could make those changes. So I think that's the first thing we learned. The second thing we learned was that, that God has revealed to us that as pastors, as churches, we've done a very poor job of discipling people mm. because they, they, many of them did not return after the uh, uh, pandemic. And so that tells us that they were probably church members, not truly disciples. Uh, so many of them, when they didn't return or they didn't get back to, to being regular in attendance and regular in their church commitment, that revealed to us a weakness in discipleship that we have to address. So those are two positive things. If you want to look at that as a positive, it was, it was an opportunity for God to say, hey, you need to address this, and I'm going to show you how bad it is. And then secondly, you can make pivots quickly because when you have to do it, you'll do it. So we learned those two things, I think, in, in COVID uh, for sure. And also about the discipleship. You know how people were always complaining about should you wear a mask? Should you not wear a mask? Should oh, you yeah. be vaccinated? Should you not be vaccinated? That's a discipleship issue too, because we we know as disciples in Christ, we set aside those things for the common good of the gospel. And uh, when I say those things, I mean our preferences. Our, those are those are not first tier things. Those are not doctrinal things. They're important to us, but they're not doctrinal. And and we have to as a church, we have to find some ways to. Just like when Paul wrote the book of Philippians and he comes to that last chapter and it's a book of joy, but then he calls out those two ladies by name, right? Mm. And he says, you guys got to quit fighting. And he doesn't say what they're fighting over. Our friend Trevin Wax pointed that out a few weeks ago. It obviously wasn't doctrinal or he would have taken a side on it. He just said, these are two fine ladies. We really like them. They're good, good, great for the kingdom. Make them quit fighting. And church, you got to see to it. In other words, (laughs) it showed us our tendency to to, to splinter. That's not a good thing under pressure. And if church splinters under pressure, 
that's that's not a good thing. So it revealed to us some weaknesses. It also revealed to us, as I said, some strengths that we're able really to pivot and move quicker than we ever had to before. I was in the same room when Trevin delivered that message with you, and I remember writing in the margin next to that, Paul said, knock it off. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what he said. That's right. Uh, and, and I think that's that's a good word for us today. Wasn't a theological, a, a theological or a depth issue or even a maturity issue. Mm-hmm. It was just behavioral. Just we need right. it. And, and so for me, my answer to the question of what happened during uh, best during COVID was, I think it was. You use the word. It's a revealer. It just showed us mm-hmm. so much about who we were. Uh, matter of fact, I'm not even. I'm not even that concerned about those who didn't come back. Yes, I'm concerned about those lives. But what I think it did is it made us fleet afoot. We we realized, here's the issue for, for where we were. We did lose, uh, even when everybody came back and we're done, we were about 80% of what we were, but our finances were the same and our volunteers were mm-hmm. the same. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and so it kind of showed us that, that we did, there's a separation of the sheep and the goats, and you and I don't have the ability to know who those are, but the Lord does. And I think right. COVID just right. fleeced the flock a little bit. And, and so it did right. let us tighten the belt. And it, what I believe that it did as a revealer is it prepared us for the future? Because here's the, here's the question I have. What's the next pandemic going to be? And I mean, is it, I don't mean by maybe it's COVID again, or maybe there's going to be some shutdowns because of um, uh, technology, or maybe there's going to be inflation-related issues, but there are always going to be cultural things that crash into the church as waves. And so this taught us something at a, at a high level, and uh, and I think it's preparing us for something. Now, one of the things that that it, it prepared us for, that we realize when I say multi-site has pandemic advantages, we were a video driven multi-site. Now, if we didn't isolate anybody before we just did right there, didn't we Mark? Yeah, we did. They yeah. just shut it off yeah. right now. So okay. but we're video driven. To drive safe. We'll see you next week. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's, I think even some of that changed with the pandemic because there were churches that didn't want anything to do with us. As a matter of fact, call me out for being X, Y, and Z because we did what we did. Well, the minute, Everybody got shut down. Man, we were giving out equipment and doing tutorials and and sharing with churches. We we probably got seven churches online in one week, um, and about half of those were not fans of who we were. But now we're friends, <laughs> and, right. and and right. and what we realized is that there needs to be in this world in this culture a diversification of how we're able to share the gospel, and we don't just write people off because they do it differently than we do. And I thought that that was actually a great change on our part. Matter of fact, it was probably a little too fun for me. <laughs> well, there's no doubt that the pandemic helped churches embrace technology in a way they'd never embraced it before. And we live in a technology-driven age, and technology is the marketplace, and we have to be in the marketplace. So right. that was good. That part was good, that we've got to be in that marketplace. Yes, it's a dirty marketplace. Yes, it's a dangerous marketplace. Mm-hmm. But it's a marketplace. It's where people are. It's where they hang out. It's where they share ideas. We have to be where they are, and, and we need to be. And in that, one of the things that I found amazing was that so many churches did well financially through 2020. Uh, you know, we're going back a couple of years. Right. Uh, for us, uh, I know going into the pandemic, we had uh, 71% of our giving uh, on uh, in person. Uh, but the very month that everything shut down, it switched to 71% online because those structures mm-hmm. were already there. So people... People adapt, and and as we lead them, we give them opportunity, this and that. But as we look towards what's coming next, 
you know, uh, you and I are already, we've already had some offline discussions that I think the next big challenge is this inflation. It is the, it, it is the, the fact that families are having trouble putting gas in the car and eggs on the breakfast table, and it's actually starting to impact the churches already. So while the, the shutdown hurt us in maybe a discipleship motif, I think we, again, we've got to be ready, the network of, uh, of supporting each other because, um, Boy, to be honest with you, I'm a little concerned about where we might be heading financially, uh, just across the culture and how that's going to have ramifications on the church. Yeah. Listen, guys, I, we all thought that the pandemic would, would kill us financially, but it didn't. That's right. Partially because of the PPE and all the other government help that came. A lot of money was put into the economy. And so people were able to, you know, even the child tax credits that came out, all that stuff, um, the the moratorium on uh, on evictions. So there was a lot of help for people in those times. And uh, and so the giving really didn't decrease. In fact, in some cases, actually increased. This is a new day. That's right. <laughs> and, That's right. And when you're talking core inflation of 10 or 12 percent, you know, when you're talking that number of inflation, I heard the other day that um, the average American family has to spend over $3,000 this year in one year just to stay at the same level that they were at last year. Mm. And uh, I'll tell you, church people that were already on the precipice, that, that puts them under. And here's what happens, Andy. When, when a family gets under that kind of financial pressure, it, it affects the marriage. It affects their health. Everything. It affects their emotional status. It affects everything. It's not just, oh, my goodness, you know, bread costs more. What are we going to do? It affects everything. This, this tension level, the stress level, all of that goes up. And then you combine that with, and I'm not being Dr. Doom here. But, you know, what if the economy hits into a recession? I mean, right. I, I was around in, I was a teenager in early 20s, you know, when we had 18, 20% interest rates and, and, and unemployment at, you know, 10% or 12%, it wasn't pretty. And, uh, and I just think the church needs to be ready for that as well. And what do we, how do we do more with less? How do we do, how do we depend less on our money and more on our, on our savior? And those kinds of things. So I think that's one of the things we got to look at and be aware of. And also just be aware of the, the emotional and 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 relationship stress that this is going to bring and has brought to the folks you preach to every week and even to your own life, mm. because at a time when, you know, the the expenses for you as pastors go up in your family as well, and your church is probably not able to come up and say, hey, we'll give you an eight percent raise to match inflation. So you're probably going to make less money next year than you made last year. I mean, that's I, all things considered. That's probably what it's going to be. But then most of the people in your congregation are going to be in the very same place. Now, you take everything that you just said there, everything that I said there, and go back to the title. Multi-site has pandemic advantages. And change multi-site out for partnership, networking, denominational yeah, life. I'd say, yeah, partnership, networking, sharing of resources. That's that for sure. That's yep. where Because that's where we are. Now, Crosspoint is a church. If one church suffers financially, another church can help it. Because even in the same economy, one town may be more dependent on a business that's doing better than another. And so we can help each other. But it's not just that. Uh, we, we don't reinvent the wheel. And this is where we're going to have to get to, I believe, in a belt tightening kind of era uh, where we, we say, you know what, they're so good. 60 miles down the road, there's a church that we love, good friends with. They do this so well. How about we just 
take what they're doing because they're offering it and and we we reutilize that over here uh, and, and we have such incredible i'm giving just a random example you know we do vacation bible school and we are the darling stars of the county for the way we decorate well when we're done let's not tear it down let's take it down and give it to them uh, we're just talking about how do we look at extending ourselves by combining and and stop seeing every church as its own island as its own kingdom how do we do this together in a culture where we can be more kingdom focused. So when when we say multi-site has pandemic advantages, what we're saying is network partnering, denominational life has advantages when things get tough. So I've got four things and and here's what we want to do. I want to, I want to tackle these and see if uh, they won't be helpful for us. So whatever's coming next, if it's uh, rampant inflation, if it's uh, alien invasion, (laughs) return of the zombies, we have another uh, (laughs) pandemic, whatever it is, how how does the church prepare for that? And uh, first of four things is this, commit to the good and the bad. Commit to doing what God's called you to do. Commit to being the church through the good and the bad. When you take marriage vows, I got a kid getting married. Uh, well, I think when this comes out, it will have just happened um, that uh, that we're going to do these vows for better or for worse. And as the bride of Christ and we as the under shepherds, we need to commit and just understand there are going to be good days, bad days. There are going to be days of fruitfulness and fruit days of leanness. And we just commit from the get-go that when when things get hard, that doesn't mean it's time to leave or give up. It means that's the time right. that we buckle down and, and we we stay married where we're married. Is that a fair good assessment? Word. I agree with that. Yep, that's good. I love it. What's number two? Number two, a laser focus on who you are. Now, we love to be everything and anything to all people. We we want to be a church and a ministry that can um, that can help uh, no matter who calls or who knocks. And I find it funny that whenever anybody comes into the church and they say, "I have an idea, we need to do this," what they're saying is, "Why don't you do this, Pastor?" Uh, and yeah, and right. we we have a we have a rule, by the way. This is kind of a subset of this. If you don't row, you don't get to steer. So if you, can't, if you don't grab an oar, you aren't telling us where the boat is going. Um, but that being said, uh, a laser focus. What has God called your church to? And uh, that means that there are some things that cost money and that cost energy and cost time that probably could be shaved off because they are not part of your ministry. They're a fringe interest. And for us to get by during those difficult days, we have to have a laser focus on who we are. You have to know what is the priority and you have to be able to focus. You have to define success. First of all, what is success? Success is not just making the elderly in your church happy or making that one couple, you know, glad that you're there or pleasing the one old deacon. That can't be success. That can't be. Success is a pattern of making disciples that make disciples that result in the community being noticeably better. There's another podcast we can do about how you deal with those people in your church, mm. but you can't you can't yield to them so that that everything you do is to make them happy because then you're you're on your deathbed if that's the case. So if you if you redefine success and then you say what are we doing that creates this environment and what are we doing that doesn't? Well, you quit doing those things that don't. Now you can't quit them on one week, but you can begin to back out of them and you can begin to, begin to add fuel to those things that are working. And you say, I don't have any fuel. Well, maybe you don't, but I bet there's some churches in your region that do. And if they see some things working, they want to join you in that. Look, and look, resources always flow toward activity in the kingdom of God. So mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're doing something somewhere, God will bring those resources to bear. And that's what we mean, even when we say multi-site, that we're sharing resources, we're finding help. 
But nobody's just going to send money and people to you if you're not dealing with the issues that have brought you to where you are. That's another podcast, as I said, you know, for another day. But at least redefine success and and understand what it is we've got to be doing that God's called us to do. And then God will bring resources from places you maybe never experienced and never expected to help you do that from other churches and other folks around you. And I could tell you tons of stories, yeah. but I don't have time or the or the battery left actually on my, <laughs> you, on my We're getting my close, device. huh? We're getting close. We're getting close. If I drop out, it's because my battery died because I didn't plan this very well. All <laughs> well, right. I'll finish long for range us, planning. But... Long range planning to me is for like from noon to lunch. That's my long range. So <laughs> I'm not real good at long range planning. So well, I didn't plan for this. I didn't charge my device up overnight and I'm wasting valuable time telling you that too, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that, that's okay. Let me let me uh, try and cram a story in quickly before we lose you. Then, as you commit to being there through the good and bad, just you're going to stay ground. Then you're going to be laser focused. This is <clears throat> these are our tips for preparing for anything. That laser focus is really not just in what you do, but what you don't do. And I think there's huge value. Mm-hmm in deciding what dead horses to dismount. Uh, when I first yep. came to uh, uh, Crosspoint years ago, I got called into a meeting, the nominating committee meeting, which is the robots that make robots. You know what I'm talking about? The, <laughs> the, the, the committee that just puts people on committees. And uh, they said it. they the were- robot that makes robots. I like that. That's good. <laughs> they said that um, uh, they couldn't find anybody to fill uh, the spot and chair the library committee. And I go, well, is this a new problem? They go, no, we have this problem every year. And I'm like, well, okay, I know I'm new. I've only been here a couple months, but let's do this. <laughs> let's not fill the library committee. Yeah. And they go, well, we yeah. have to. I go, no, I know it's not polity. We can't do it. Let's And blame me. If anybody gets mad, you just blame me. It was three years before somebody... <laughs> Before somebody we said knew there wasn't someone. Why? Why is nobody running the library? And I'm like, well, that's a huge oversight. I'm sorry. Are you interested? Well, I'm a retired librarian, and I'm like, well, guess what? And so, so for three years, we didn't have that issue until there was somebody who had the passion and the skills and the fire to do that. And and so, basically, what we did is we we didn't kill it. We just let it hibernate in that room all by itself. There you go. Um, there but, you go. but knowing how knowing how to say no, and we don't do things just because we do things. Um, that's what a laser focus means. So commit to do, commit through the good and the bad, laser focus uh, in who you are. This third one's really important for, I think, where we're going. Diversify your ministry mediums. If the only thing you do is an in-person service on a Sunday morning, that's a good thing. And you say, well, that's all they did in Jesus. Day. It, it's not. It's not. The Apostle no. Paul wrote letters and had them distributed to churches, and they were read in different places. By the way, it's it's amazing, isn't he? At the end of one of his letters, he says in the letter that in Coloss- the letter to the Colossians, it says in the letter that I read had for Laodicea. Make sure you read that too. Well, we don't have that one. Oh, I'd love to know what he said in that one. Yeah, he was the first. I'm going to make an argument. He was the first multi-site pastor, uh, as his messages in their mediums were were translated. What I'm getting at for you though is it's no cost to figure out how to use your phone, if you charge it, Mark, to use your phone yes. uh, for a Facebook Live uh, archiving of your weekend message. Uh, you, you, there just right. need to be different ministry mediums because we live in a different kind of culture that the in-person showing up, uh, I think you and Rainer said on one of your podcasts recently that the average church member only shows up in church one to three times a month anyway. That's true. But they, That's true. But, but the good church members are at least keeping up with you if you have different ministry mediums. Right. Like we said before, it is the marketplace. It is where people live. 
you how many hours a day most people spend on their device. We have to be on that device. I mean, we have to be where people are. It'd be like, you know, in the 1950s, if a church said, well, we don't need any telephones in our church. Well, yeah, of course you do. That's how you stay in touch with your members. You got to have a phone in your church. Well, yeah, we realize that now. So now you got to have a place on their phone. You got to have a place on their on their device and you've got to be there. And uh, absolutely. You know, talk about even in you know, the first century church, they, you know, they just gathered and prayed. Well, yeah, but you remember when Peter and John went to the temple to pray, uh, there was a man lame and they looked to him expecting to receive something. And they shared Jesus with him. Look, you you need to mm-hmm. preach on Sunday morning, but you need to be sharing Jesus with the people on the side of the road. You need yeah. to be sharing Jesus Woo. as a pastor. Mm. You know, Peter and John didn't just say, well, you know, we, we have a, by the way, we got a service you can come to, you know, on Sunday morning, <laughs> you know, uh, they, they shared Jesus with this guy who was right there by the temple gate. So, do that. Goodness, do that. And then you'll be surprised at how many things in your life will change if you do that. And you will be surprised how, if you don't do that, the, the Spirit of God will not be around you. So that's anyway, right. that's another story for another day. Last one. The last one. Tips for preparing for anything. Be committed through the good and the bad. Laser focus on who you are. Diversify your ministry mediums. But then this is super important. And always make sure that your ministry tools are secondary to your ministry. You can get really yeah. caught up in the machinery of it and let that drive Ooh. you and the tail starts wagging the dog. Um, oh, man. But we can't do oh. that. No, it is so it is so much more fulfilling to work with technology than to work with people, um, because at the, at the end of the day, you can always just throw the technology away and go get more. You, know, you, can, just, you can crash the computer, but you can't do that to people. And I, technology can be frustrating, but but at times people can be so frustrating. And and so I've seen guys that have just dived into the technology aspect of it and all the other stuff and 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 have not been dealing with people. And let their time get taken up with that. You cannot do that. I mean, you you have to deal with people. And technology is a tool to reach people. It's not the end in itself, for yeah. sure. And uh, some of you think, well, you know, our technology doesn't look really great. We don't have, and we don't either. Go on, you know, Linwood SBC. It's L-I-N-W-O-O-D, LinwoodSBC.com. Take a look at our at our. Uh, worship services on live stream and you know it's not going to win any awards i mean I, hey howie does a great job my team has really worked hard i just said that and i threw i threw him under the bus because they they put in new lights they got a new sound system a new camera so it's good but it isn't it isn't cross point level by any means what you guys do andy it's it's mm. just it's just not but it doesn't have to be it doesn't we're in linwood it's 358 people and you say do you really need it i'm telling you um my wife standing there by the door, you know, greeting people and guy comes in overalls, takes a bulletin, goes back to his truck. Second Sunday comes in overalls, takes a bulletin, goes back to his truck. So my wife tells me that. I said, for goodness sakes, Jill, ask him if you can help him next time. This has got me really concerned. So the third Sunday he comes, takes a bulletin. Jill says, can I help you? He said, no. He said, my wife and I live down the street. We watch you on the Facebook. And every time the pastor says, look at a bulletin, my wife says, well, run down there and get one. So you don't know that they're not... It's true. That's true. That's fantastic. And eventually they came. Eventually they came, and they're there every Sunday. She was there last last night, Wednesday night. So they started coming, but they were just checking us out in Linwood. Look, we don't have to look like we're we're network television in Linwood. That would turn them off in some ways. It would seem Absolutely. out of place. So Absolutely. it just was perfect. And so they were able to hear it, able to see it. The lighting was good. It was good quality for them. 
And it was a way for them to kind of get to know us at a comfortable place before they actually stepped foot in the building. But he did come down and pick up a bulletin, which well, I thought was interesting. The the web space is the front door for the church anymore, even in Linwood, absolutely. Kansas, right? And oh, absolutely. But but what you, we've said on this podcast before, and and it bears repeating that me, that excellence is relative. So when you say, yes. "Well, we're not right. where Crosspoint is," or this, listen, Crosspoint right. isn't where somebody else is. Where exactly we, the the truth is, if you get on YouTube, all you youngsters on YouTube, uh, they're not, it's not huge quality anymore. It's amazing that they are watching videos of people making videos or playing video games and and the quality is I'm not a huge, I mean, I'm not a Taylor Swift fan at all or anything, but I was watching football the other night and something about, she was going to show something at midnight or something. You remember that? Yep. And and so she came on and like did a, a promo for it. And I told my wife, I look like she's sitting in her living room on her iPhone. I mean, seriously, yep. you know, yep. it, it was, I mean, they could have had any number of cameras there on her. They wanted to, but there's this sense, I think among uh, the generation now is that you don't want it to be too, too nope. processed. If that makes any sense. Yeah, They're content, used to watching people on. Yeah. It's content and authenticity over production value. Yep. And, and exactly. we get caught up in that. And, and and the church always wants to present an excellent product. We should be as excellent as we can, but understand that content and authenticity are seen far greater by the younger generations than our production values. Exactly. Good word. It's, we ought to do a whole podcast just on on that at some point. And we got to figure this out. This should be me and you. List. Yes. <laughs> Listen, we do, we I, do a list. Do you I think know we're going to stay on the air? They're going to... They're not going to knock us off the air. I mean, well, I think we, got, know, we a, got a future. We still we're still in a free country. They can't make us stop. <laughs> you know they do. If, but if you guys would subscribe to us or whatever it is you do, uh, and give us a rating, that would help keep us on. Um, we'll we'll pander to you. We'll we'll do that. If you'll do that, I'll send you a hat. You just go to replanthats.com. Replant r e replanthats.com, and uh, we'll send you a hat. But you gotta. You need you need to subscribe to us and give us a like. Is that how you're supposed to say that? Yeah, huh? I, I, you just did perfect. I just can't believe you made that offer out there. That, that's I fantastic. Did. I did. I did. Well, that'll be a blessing. <laughs> I know your phone is about to die, so if you don't make it through our final scripture reading, Mark, it's been really good to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> just glad it's the phone that's about to die that's all right day, so. that's right and we'll be back ahead, again all right, bro this has been the end uh this is the end of our uh sessions that we've been doing covering the doing more together book which is downloadable from the ruralpastorpodcast.com we'd love for you to get that there's so much more there the last dozen podcasts were simply uh one chapter out of that book and hopefully you'll find some other things that are helpful to you today we talked about multi-site having pandemic advantages and i find this scripture to be an an encouragement to us in whatever may come. James 1, 1 through 4. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Each and every one of you serving wherever you are, we know that there are hard days ahead, but there is glory to come. And we're so thankful that you're joining us here at the ruralpastorpodcast.com. Like the prophet Jeremiah, you may be the one to go to the dying and the broken with a message of hope. To that church on the corner of that forgotten little town, to a room of empty pews where his love can still be found. You may never know of all the seeds you sown. 
But it just takes one willing soul to make him Thank you so much for joining us at the RuralPastorPodcast.com. A special thanks to Chosen Road for this incredible theme music, to 180 Digital, our corporate sponsor, and you can check out both of them at our website as well as other resources because you're not alone. And Rural Pastor, we believe in you at the RuralPastorPodcast.com.